0: of Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10, and we'll begin in verse 24. Now, as you're turning there, I want to remind you, we're kind of in the middle of a, of a two-part series, a three-part series, we're in the second part of it, uh, on this guy, um, uh, named Cornelius, and the interaction between the Apostle Peter and Cornelius. So two weeks ago, uh, last week of course we had our Christmas program, but two weeks ago uh, we, we looked at the first part of chapter 10, verses 1 through 23, and we looked at this interesting situation where um, a guy named Corn- Cornelius, he was a Roman centurion, which meant he had between, between 80 and 100 men under his command, and he was stationed on the Mediterranean coast at a town called Caesarea, one of actually many towns in the ancient world known as Caesarea, but this one was there in the land of Israel. And um, we know that, that he was a God-fearer, and that meant that he was a Gentile, that is a non-Jew, who had heard about the God of the Jews. And, and um, he honored the God of the Jews. He honored Jehovah God. But he had, he had not become a full uh, convert to Judaism. But he, he lived right. He gave generously to other people. He treated people right. He loved God. He prayed. But he did not really, uh, he, he was not a Jew and he had not really become a Christian yet. But he was seeking. He was seeking God. He was doing what he knew he could to get to God, and and he was seeking him. And so, one day, um, an angel appears to Cornelius and tells him, you need to send for a man named Simon Peter, and he's staying down the coast in the city of Joppa uh, at Simon the Tanner's house. And so, he's kind of frightened, he's kind of overwhelmed by this, but... But he receives the message, and he sends three of his best men to go down and to visit Simon Peter. Well, at that time, as they were going down the next day and about to get there, Simon Peter was on the rooftop of the house he was staying in. The Bible says he was hungry. A lunch was being prepared, and uh, he fell into a trance. And he saw this vision of a sheet coming down from heaven, held by the four corners, and in that sheet were all sorts of different creatures and animals. And he heard a voice saying, Peter, take, kill, and eat. And Peter was mystified uh, why God would tell him this. Because not only were there clean animals by the Jewish definition of what was clean and could be eaten, there were other animals that were not appropriate. And he says, Lord, I can't do this. I, I've never eaten anything against the dietary laws. And God speaks to him and says, do not call unclean that what I have, which I have made clean. And the vision is repeated to him three times, and, and then it goes back up to heaven. And about this time, he comes out of the trance, and he's thinking, wow, I, I've never had anything like this happen before. What's going on here? And the Bible says the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says there are men who have come from a man named Cornelius and you need to welcome them in and you need to go with them as they ask you to go. So just as he hears that word, these men arrive, they call at the gate, they say we're looking for Simon Peter, is he here? And he welcomes them in, they stay the night and the next day they head up the coast, a day's journey. To, be, to meet at the house of Cornelius. And that's where we come uh, to our passage today. And I want to ask if you would please stand with me. Acts chapter 10, verses 24 to 48. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered into his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, Stand up, I'm a human being just like you. And so they talked together and, they, and went inside where there were many others assembled. And Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. And Cornelius replied, Four days ago I was praying in my house about this same time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. And he told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa, and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon a tanner who lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here, waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God accepts no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel. There is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism? And you know that God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of what he did throughout Judea, and in Jerusalem, they put, him on, they put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. And we were those with whom he ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all the living and the dead he is the one whom all the prophets testified about saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name even as peter was saying these things the holy spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message the jewish believers came with peter who had come with peter were amazed that the gift of the holy spirit had been poured out on the gentiles too for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising god and then peter asked can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave him orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this uh, beautiful story in Scripture. And we pray that you would teach us uh, from this message what we need to have in our hearts and minds about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others and Lord, we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated As a pastor um, I enjoy our worship services i um that's a good thing, right? Uh, hopefully, I should, right? Uh, and and I don't mean what I do. I mean, I I uh, I hope that uh, that what I say uh, is able to touch people. God's be able to use the message. Uh, but I've been studying this passage. By the time I get here in the pulpit, and and, and I've already gotten a lot of blessing from the Lord uh, speaking to me through it. But. I love the different parts, uh, whether it be the announcements or, or the music or candle lighting or offering taking, whatever, um, but, but I have to admit uh, that the children's message is often my uh, most anticipated point because we kind of get predictable, right? The rest of the thing, we kind of, I mean, even if it's nice and we like it and it suits our taste, we kind of sort of know what's coming. But when it comes to that children's message, you just never know what might could come out. And so there, there's something there that kind of makes me lean forward and, and look ahead a little bit. And the, the, there's so many things that I could share that have been uh, spoken here over the years. But I, I love this morning, and it was, it was kind of typical as Becky was asking, she was talking about uh, the good news of Jesus Christ, she kind of transitioned from the good news we've had about babies being born in our church, and she talked about the greatest news that that Jesus was born and that He came for us so that we might be saved from our sins. And so she asked the children, "Now, now, who are we going to share this good news with?" And the answer was God and Jesus. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, it's it's the Sunday school answers. You know, y'all. Y'all probably all heard the one about the Sunday school teacher who says what's well, brown and furry and has a tail and eats nuts and the little boy says Well, I know the answer is Jesus, but it sure sounds like a squirrel to me <laughs> You know, that's we we can kind of get that way In church sometimes, you know, we, we we blurt out the answer. It's Jesus, right? That's that's the answer well It's funny though when we ask that question who are we to share the good news with? I wonder sometimes, though, if that isn't the answer that us as adults have. Uh, that is, we'll come into this place and we'll praise God and we'll talk about the good news of Jesus Christ and we'll praise God for, what, for sending his son and we'll praise Jesus for coming and for the Holy Spirit and, and all that. But how much do we go out and share that good news with others that God has called us to share? I think a lot of that, whether we're going to end up being effective and really sharing this good news, has to do with competing attitudes in our minds. There are the the attitudes God would want us to have, but then there's there's always a a competing attitude. I think the world sends us an attitude, first of all, of self-centeredness. I don't mean intentionally shunning others, intentionally keeping others from hearing the gospel. I just mean, we get so caught up in our own stuff, and who hasn't gotten caught up in end of the year getting the last-minute medical things in while you've met the deductible and, and and finding those Christmas presents and going to the parties and trying to work around the hectic schedule and how am I going to get to Meemaw and how's this and that going to happen? I mean, we all get caught up in stuff, and... In the middle of getting busy and caught up in all of that stuff, we just kind of enter our own little shell or our own little circle sometimes, and we forget about other people who need to hear about the message of Jesus Christ, who need to feel the love of God blessing them in their life. In contrast to that, the attitude God wants us to have is that you and I are blessed to be a blessing. I, I want to ask you to repeat after me, okay? I am blessed, I am blessed. To, be a to be a blessing. All right, do you believe that? I hope so. But it's easy to get into a mindset that I'm blessed just because I'm kind of awesome, and God likes to bless me, and so I'm good with that. Nobody comes out and says that, right? But, but by the way that we live our lives and by the way that we act, sometimes we can kind of have that mentality And see, what Israel had a problem with was that they kind of got into that mentality sometimes. They kind of got, yes, is the nation of Israel blessed by God? Absolutely. But they got that part right, but they forgot why he blessed them. You see, throughout the Old Testament scriptures, God said that you are to be a light unto the Gentiles. In other words, Israel, I loved you, I chose you, I blessed you so that you could bless others. I I sent my son ultimately, and I did all of these things for your nation beforehand so that you could take those blessings and pass them on and never let them stop. Israel, you're to be a channel. As my blessings flow through you, they go unto others. And many, many, many people, all the world. All the nations of the world will be blessed through you. Do you remember that? The words that God spoke to Abraham. That's why he chose Israel. Not because they were special and better than anyone else, but because he just simply chose them and said, I'm going to bless you so that you'll be a blessing. But somewhere along the way, they got caught up into this, we're special and we're blessed by God, and everybody else is kind of trash." I mean, they, again, they might not have come out and said that, but you could tell by the attitudes that that's kind of what a lot of people in the day of Jesus and the apostles, they kind of felt like that. We're the special nation, and everybody else is just not as good as us. And they had to get to this understanding here that they were blessed to be a blessing. A second attitude that we deal with in sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, is realizing that God shows no favoritism. This is closely related to the first one, but a lot of times we end up mistaking our blessings as God saying, Oh, you're just awesome and you're great and you're better than anyone else, and that's why you're blessed. And it's easy as blessed people, as people who've been given so much, and all of us, look, we all have struggles, uh, financial, relational, emotional, physical. Yeah, we've all got problems. But in spite of those things, we're all blessed. We're blessed greatly. And we can take those things for granted. And and we can just think that we're blessed because somehow we're worthy of them. In verse 34, Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In other words, here was the man who spent three years with Jesus day by day, who had by this point for several years been a leader in the early church. And just now, it's dawning on him. He's really, really getting it. You know what? God really does love everybody. God really does care about every man, woman, boy, and girl. Wherever they are, whatever their social status is, their national status, their racial status, God cares about every single person on the planet, all that have ever lived before and all that will come afterward. He loves them. He shows no favoritism. And so you and I have to realize, we don't have to ask ourselves who's worthy of receiving the gospel. <laughs> Who should I share the gospel with? Everyone. Everybody needs the gospel because everybody's loved by God. Finally, and I'm kind of condensing cuz we're uh, had a lot of stuff going on here today, but finally I want to say the attitude that we need to avoid is I'm done. Everybody knows this. Everybody's heard this. And the attitude God wants us to have is the task is never done. Now, that sounds rough because it kind of sounds like chores around the house, doesn't it? I mean, how many of you ever said, I I can never get this house clean, right? It is never done, it is never finished, the second I clean this house, it's dirty again, and uh, we don't like those never-ending tasks sometimes, we like projects that we can complete, we can put a brass little plate on, we can say, here's my monument, here it is, I'm done, I'm finished, and sometimes we would like to be that way about sharing the gospel, we would like to say, well, yeah, I've, I've helped some people to come to know the Lord before, so... And I think pretty much everybody around me mostly knows Jesus. So I I think I'm done. But it's never done. As long as we're here on this earth, there's someone else that needs to know about Jesus. And guess what? It might be someone who's heard the name of Jesus before. Maybe they've heard the name of Jesus as a cuss word. Maybe they've heard the name of Jesus from a preacher or from another Christian, and yet they've really never got it. They've really never got the whole message. Now, I want you to catch this. This is really important in the story of Cornelius. I don't think, before I was studying for this sermon, that I ever caught before. Like, I had it in my mind that Peter showed up, and this is the first time that Cornelius ever heard about Jesus, and he hears about Jesus, and then boom, he accepts Jesus. But let's go back to the scripture and listen to what, um, what Peter actually said. He says in verse 37, you know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching the message of the baptism, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, uh, for God was with him. And he continues on this way, but listen, you know what Peter was saying? Cornelius, I know you've heard about Jesus. In a roundabout sort of way, You've heard of these people called Christians. You've heard of this guy named Jesus and what he did. But let me make sure that you've really heard. Let me, but I know you've never really gotten it. Even though you've heard about Jesus and you've heard about God. But I want you to make sure you understand. And Peter very simply lays it out. He didn't say, I know you've heard, so I don't know why God's, I mean, hey. We're in Judea. We're in the nation of Israel. Everybody's heard about Jesus. I don't know why I'm here. He says, you've heard. Now let me tell you again. Let me make sure that you understand. God wants you to hear this. We take for granted so many times. We say, yeah, let's pray for the missionaries to places far away that haven't heard about Jesus. And we forget that under the shadow of the steeple, that we forget that next door to us, in front of us, behind us, in our schools, and our communities, there are people who've heard of Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. The message of the good news of Jesus Christ has never sunk into their lives. They've never understood, Jesus, you died for me. You took the penalty for my sins so that I could now have peace with God. And there's people who've heard the name of Jesus, but they don't know him. And they need to hear about him one more time. One more time. They need to hear so that they can really get it. And they can place their faith in Jesus Christ. You and I are blessed to be a blessing. Sometimes we bless people unintentionally, right? Someone will say to you, wow, your, your presence meant a lot. What you said to me really touched me. And you're like, wow. I mean, I didn't intend to bless Philip this morning. But when he heard Tyler make in front of my sweater, boy, he had the best belly laugh he'd had in years. You guys should have heard it. It was great, right? Well, those, those unintentional blessings are nice. But we need to be intentional. Intentional. We need to look to say, how can we bless other people? How can we love on them, share our lives with them so that we may share the gospel with them? You're blessed. Will you now be a blessing to others? Pray with me. God, we sing the song, Count Your Blessings. And yet we know that there's really no reality in which we can do that. We would live the rest of our lives naming blessings if we really had the time and the memory to do that. You've blessed us in so many ways. Help us to be grateful for that. Father, go beyond a gratitude to a real love for you that compels us to love others. Lord, may we never seek to manipulate anyone. May we never seek to to force anyone to do anything against their will, but God, may we lovingly share with others what we've received ourselves. That peace with God, that forgiveness of sins, that can only come through Jesus Christ. Father, be with us now in this invitation time. Work on the hearts of all here, believers and unbelievers. Whoever's here in this place today, God, speak to them. And may we all respond to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.